0: Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast series presented by SeatGeek. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. Normally our Wednesday visit, this is now a Thursday visit, but it'll carry us through the weekend, I'm sure. And I hope that you're able to take this in at a good spot in your day or night. But again, as always, I appreciate you having us along as we get ready for, yet in this case, another football game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And then we won't see the Saints at home for a little while, but we're all gearing up here over this coming weekend for Monday night football as the Saints, at 3-1, take on the 2-1 Washington Redskins. Primetime, Drew Brees is all set to break the passing yardage record held by Peyton Manning, and the Saints obviously looking to continue their winning ways here of late. They've got this three-game win streak going, and they welcome Mark Ingram back into the fold. A ton of storylines involving the Saints and the Redskins too, for that matter, come Monday night. So fittingly enough, we had to go with a great storyteller and a journalist that is above and beyond compare. Lisa Salters is our guest today on the Black and Blue Report podcast. She, of course, is the sideline reporter for ESPN's Monday Night Football crew, and she's now been working at the worldwide leader since the year 2000 in a variety of roles, including college football primetime and, of course, the NBA as well but she will resume her duties uh, after the football season uh, for, I guess, the big network in ABC. She's one of the most respected uh, sideline reporters and sports journalists in our industry today, and her news background got her started very well back in the mid-1990s. Former college basketball player from Penn State University and, of course, a a, um, reporter that's been in this league long enough and has presented herself well enough that she's respected by coaches, and players alike so we're very honored to have her today we have a lot to talk about including of course um, her famous now famous interview with drew Brees and the breeze boys i guess back at the pro bowl we'll touch on that too lisa salters monday night football she's our guest after this first word from sanderson farms who do we champion at the sanderson farms championship we champion the children of mississippi Each year, all championship proceeds go to charities across Mississippi, including Batson Children's Hospital. Join us October 22nd through 28th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, fun, and good, honest Sanderson Farms chicken, all to raise money for charities like Friends of Children's Hospital. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for your tickets today.
1: This is the Black and Blue Report presented by
0: SeatGeek. Here's Sean Kelly. Lisa, we're so honored to have you back on our podcast, and we're really looking forward to your work here at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Monday night with Monday Night Football. Great to have you again.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: appreciate it. Is there anything in particular that that strikes you about the city of New Orleans and, and your visits here over the years?
1: Uh, The food, of course. (laughs) The food. I always eat way too much. Um, And I tell myself ahead of time, like, don't overdo it, don't overdo it. And, you know, come Tuesday morning, I'm always going on a plane back home thinking, i got to get to the gym.
0: I would imagine you're not alone on those airplanes coming out of New Orleans. It seems to be a very uh, big theme for anybody who visits this city. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We got a big night for Monday Night Football, don't we? Saints and Redskins. And Lisa, there's so many storylines for this game. Um, where should we start? Should we start with Drew Brees and work from there?
1: Start with Drew. Start with Drew, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I was just thinking about it today, like, wow, like I'm going to be in the building when Drew Brees gets this record. Like, what, you know, what an honor to to, to be able to say that we're going to be there, Sean. Um, you know, and it, it couldn't happen to a you know, it doesn't matter if a guy is nice or not. Uh, you know, it's all about how they perform on the field. But it sure does feel good when the guys just a nice, good dude. Uh, you're just happy for him, happy for his family, happy for the Saints. Um, but Drew Brees has been nothing but just a class act his entire career. Um, so I'm just really happy for him.
0: Lisa, didn't you have one of your more um, noteworthy player interviews with him back at the Pro Bowl?
1: <laughs> yes. It absolutely was. Uh, yeah, his his boys were like uh, wilding out over there on the sideline. I I, th- I thought it was cute because I have a five year old myself, and Drew and I had been talking about that, that you know how crazy it is running around after boys. Uh, but they just like went wild on the sideline during the interview. Uh, it was really funny watching Drew trying to um, you know conduct the interview and parents at the same time. I don't know how good of a job you did at parenting things, but uh, you can watch the interview for for yourself.
0: I I thought you both did very well in light of the circumstances, and I I have to think, Lisa, that you being the mother of a five-year-old yourself gave you uh, some expertise or at least uh, some patience perhaps with that experience.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I could, I mean, that was just like my life right there. You know, you're trying to do some work and, you know, trying to do, like if my son were here right now, you'd hear the same thing. I'd be like, can you? Mommy's on the phone right now. Stop. I need to be quiet just for a little bit. So that's exactly what Drew was doing. He's like, okay, guys, hey, wait. No, stop, stop. Now, what was your question again? You know, that so was pretty funny.
0: Lisa, when you look at the, the quarterback records, you know, Drew already with the completion record. Uh the yardage record will be his here shortly. And for how long we don't know. Uh he's in this battle with Tom Brady for career touchdown passes. Um if, if we're looking at that position in the NFL. What matters most? Do those do those records set everything apart, or is there more to it?
1: Well, I think you can't ignore the numbers. I mean, and I guess what it says is it speaks to the longevity. Like Drew was saying, I was reading an article about when he first came in the league, and uh, you know, Dan Marino was breaking all kinds of records, and what struck him. Was wow! You have to be in the league a long time to set records like that, and and so that's where he is right now. I'm sure he's kind of reflecting, thinking, you know, I feel he probably feels like he just started, and you know, here he is finding or you know, setting these ridiculous records. I I think one that really struck me was the 5,000. How many 5,000 yard seasons there have been for quarterbacks? I think there've been. Have there been nine, mm-hmm. and he has five of them. Uh, I mean, that—that's just, you know, that's just remarkable.
0: These are gaudy numbers, Lisa, uh, and you're right. It speaks to the fact that, you know, he and, you know, obviously Peyton had a long career. Tom Brady the same way. And you start to th- sit here and think, Lisa, a little bit that these numbers won't be attained ever again. But I think about the NFL now as being more pass happy than ever. So. Are these numbers unattainable? Are they going to stand for just a short time? What's your thought?
1: You know, I I think you know all records are made to be broken. Somebody will break it eventually. Uh, it'll happen, and you know maybe not in our lifetime, but it'll it'll happen.
0: You know it will. Well, sure, right? sure. But i you know I think about young young ones, you know that we've seen in the league right now, and it's almost like we're we're going to have a new golden age of young quarterbacks. When you talk about Golf in Los Angeles. Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, You know, there's this there's this new crew that's coming in, and boy, do they throw it a lot. Uh, Do do you recognize anyone in that group that potentially could be in the same classes, say the uh, the older folks still in the league?
1: I would never, I would never uh, put those young guys in the same sentence with the you know with the Paytons and the Drew Breeses and the Marinos, just because they haven't earned that yet. Uh, I mean, we just we just had a, a a great performance on this past Monday night by Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, people are already comparing him to people that, you know, maybe in a few years we'll be able to do that. But And, and what I loved about that kid is that he really he, – he didn't shy away from that. He didn't flinch by it. He wasn't getting caught up in it. Um, you know, he, he seems to be a very grounded young man. But I, I think it's unfair. I mean, the guy's only played in, what, five – um, he's only started five regular season games, and people are already, you know, giving him a Hall of Fame jacket. I mean, with Drew and Peyton and the Marinos, what those guys did, it took them, you know, years and years of consistency. Uh, not, you know, not just consistent play, but consistent elite play. That's hard to do. Um, it's hard to do healthy, uh, but, you know, imagine you get nicked up here and there, and then everything comes crashing down. So that's why I've, It's so amazing when I, I, you know, I've been kind of studying up on Drew this week, and I'd almost forgotten about the shoulder injury and people doubting whether he would ever be able to, you know, be a a starting quarterback again when he got to New Orleans. So, I mean, that's just amazing just to think of, you know, his career could have been over uh, in San Diego when he got hurt. And yet he comes comes to New Orleans. There are the doubters. There are the doubters on his own team. Uh, he you know, hooks up with Sean Payton, and he you know resurrects
0: his career and, and reinvents himself. That's it's just an amazing story. It really is. Um, you know, you mentioned Mahomes, and you would seen him this past Monday. Uh, I saw him with ESPN Radio a couple weeks ago. Saw him with my own eyes. You probably got to speak with him. I, I did not, um, Lisa. When you think about you know the, whether they're the young promising quarterbacks or the current greats, like you'll see Drew on Monday night or even earlier in your career, because I know you've, you've come across a bunch of them, is there a common thread, whether it be they ended up with the right coach or their makeup, is there something that ties the good ones together in your eyes?
1: I guess it has to be talent coupled with an unshakable belief that they can do anything, that they can, with hard work, that they can get it done. I remember um, talking to Peyton, his first training camp with the Broncos. And it was my first, I was going into my first season with Monday Night Football. And I saw him in the lunchroom, and he was saying congratulations to me. And I was saying, you know, good luck and congratulations to him. And he asked me if I was nervous. I was like, my God, I'm terribly nervous. Yes, I've been doing college football, you know, on, on our biggest platform, uh, college you know, football primetime on mm-hmm. Saturday nights for the past seven years, but this is Monday Night Football, this is the NFL, like, I'm nervous. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, I, had, I was pretty successful with the Colts, and I'm nervous. Um, so I, it struck me, I was like, you know, here it is, this is Pete Manning, He won a Super Bowl, he's going to the Hall of Fame, and yet he's in a new position, and he's thinking, you know, I hope I can do this again. So it's not this, this arrogance or uh, overconfidence, but I think all the great ones, they know that if they put the work in, that they, can, that they can get it done. And that is what I see in, uh, that's what I saw in Peyton, you know, Drew Brees, um, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, when I saw him just you know, last weekend and talked to him, there was no sense of arrogance or cockiness. It was just, a, I can do this. I know I can do this, but I know I have to work really hard at it.
0: Interesting. Lisa, do you, what do you think uh, you all will have planned for for that moment on Monday night if Drew Brees can get the 201 yards that he needs?
1: Uh, well, I'm not positive. Um, that's kind of uh, above my pay scale. <laughs> but I'm sure if, you know, if, if we're not within like a two-minute uh, two situation where you know, a team is in their two-minute drill, um, I'm sure the game will stop. The game ball uh, will probably, you know, Drew will get the game ball. And uh, I don't know if there will – I don't know what customarily happens in a situation like this. Does the player speak? Do they bring a microphone out to him? Does he speak? Or does he just shake a bunch of hands, hug his wife and his kids, and then go back to the field? I'm not really sure what's going to happen. But I'm sure the game will stop um, if it's appropriate to do so. Like, you know, if if this is a, you know, two minutes in the second half and the team is driving the score, I, you know, I – or two minutes ago in the second quarter, rather, you know, I doubt they'll stop the game. But, you know, if it's an appropriate situation, I'm sure there'll, there will be the appropriate acknowledgement of the historic uh, event.
0: I'm sure it will. Uh, Lisa Salters with us here from ESPN's Monday Night Football. Lisa, another storyline, obviously, involving the Saints is the return of Mark Ingram this week from NFL suspension. Uh, he's not the only player returning um, from, you know, a similar circumstance what what's the storyline there? How how do we best handle uh, the two sides of, of of a player's return from a suspension?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm looking forward to. And we were just asked today, like which players we want to talk to uh, for our production meetings on Saturday. And you know that he was the one player that I wanted to talk to. I've known Mark for a long time. Uh, I did a feature story on him many many years ago, and. Um, his father was in prison I talked to him and his mother and we talked about that situation and, and I've kept in touch with them since his father was released from prison and just I've just kind of known them for a while so I have uh, you know he's the one guy that I want to talk to I want to hear his side of the story really um, you know it's his first game back uh, but you can't ignore the fact that he was suspended and what he was suspended for it. so I, I don't want to presume to have all the answers. Uh, he, he's the one person that I wanted to talk to to, to find out, hey, what, what happened there? What went on? And, you know, what do you have to say about it? So I'm looking forward to, to seeing Mark, um, seeing him on Saturday.
0: Mm, me too. Uh, he's, he really is such a, a, um, a crazy, wild, positive breath of fresh air in this building. And I think most people in this building, Lisa, have, you know, recognized that something happened, something was wrong. It's unfortunate, but I know they're glad to have him back. So I'm I'm eager to hear uh, yeah, about he's yeah.
1: Got, he's, his he's, he's got a really strong character. I remember talking to him, him last year uh, in the preseason. No, I guess it was the first. The, was it the Vikings? Were you guys? Uh, did you guys? Were you at the Vikings cluster? That's he where the
0: that's where they opened up. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and uh, Adrian Peterson was with the team, and I remember asking Mark, um, you know, how did you feel when you found out that you know they signed Adrian, and you know, most guys would be like, oh, you know, you know, I, you know I didn't care. You know, put the work in. Just, you know, it's competition, healthy competition. He was so honest. He was like, I was salty. <laughs> you know, I was upset about it. And I was in my feelings. And, he's like, I had to talk it out with family members and stuff. And, you know, just realized that Adrian didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, just keep playing. And it'll, everything will work out. And sure enough, you know, everything did work out. But I really appreciated his candor, um, and I appreciated him saying, like, yeah, it it made me wonder, like, am I not enough? And just everything that's happened to him, here he is. Look how long it took him to have his first 1,000-yard season. Um, He just kept grinding it out and grinding it out, and I just appreciate appreciate that about him.
0: Yeah, he feeds off of that. And isn't it interesting, Lisa, that you're back on the field with the Saints involved in a football game, and sure enough, so is Adrian Peterson. Uh, if the yeah. ankle's okay, he might be looking to have a big night on Monday against this old team.
1: Yeah, um, I think he's uh, nicked up. I think he left last week's game a little nicked up, but um, I think he's expecting to the play. They're coming off the bye. Um, but uh, he's another guy that, Adrian, I mean, Adrian is just, he's just defying, he's defying his age. Uh, he's. 33 years old now, I, you know. I, he runs as if he's 25. He's such a hard runner as well. Um, so, you know, he's going to be looking, of course. To, and, and you remember last year uh, during that Monday night game, there was perceived friction between him and Sean Payton that he was yelling at Sean Payton on the sideline. Both guys have said that that wasn't true, but we could see that something was happening there. <laughs> so, I mean. If the pictures don't lie, we could see something was happening. Um, So that will be interesting to see how that plays out. And I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. I haven't seen him since week one last year. Uh, I will ask him this weekend when I see him when Washington gets to town, like what exactly was going on uh, week one of last year. He may not want to talk about it, but I'm sure it will come up
0: in the game. Yeah, I'm sure it will too. What else about the Redskins do you want to know or seek out this weekend, Lisa?
1: Um what what kind of team they are you know what their what their identity is um that uh, i know it's they've only played three games with it you know it's been up and down and up and down i mean uh, are they the team um you know that beat the packers like are, is that who, who they really are um you know I, I, I again week three we were just at the quarter poll for the for the season um i think most teams probably don't know who they are just yet but um any team that has Alex Smith as the quarterback, you know, I, I'd give them a good shot.
0: Yeah. Hey, speaking of the quarter poll, to you, um, completely subjective, of course, what is the biggest story in the NFL? What struck you the most through the first four games for most of these teams? Uh,
1: what struck me? Hmm. Um, there, there's been a couple things. I mean... The the Earl Thomas situation last week that was that was uh, disturbing, mm-hmm. which was kind of tied in with the Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, I think that you know people are so quick to to criticize players for not playing, and so you know just fine. You're making millions of dollars, and it's about the team. No, it really isn't. It's about the player and their families. Like people don't they? People just don't, or they seem to forget that. You know, for you, Sean, for me, for other people out there in their jobs, when they agree to work, they're not thinking about anybody else except themselves and their families. Um, You know, I'm not worried about what you think of me when I sign my contract, nor are you worried about me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the whole Earl Thomas thing was was disappointing. His reaction uh, towards his bench was disappointing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I want to see him playing. I hope when he does come back that he's successful and does well and that his teammates can. I don't, under, I don't see how his teammates will be able to put it behind them, but I hope that they can. Um, you know, I, I think that's a difficult situation to say, okay, I'm coming back. Not right now. I'm going to come back in a few weeks and have your teammates be okay with that. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, on a positive note, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm on the bandwagon. Um after seeing the kid, uh, you know, engineer that two-touchdown comeback uh, last week to win the game, just his poise beyond his years, his, his, his raw talent, the throws that he was making, you know, across the body, across the field, um, that really is a talented kid. And like I asked him post-game, everyone was waiting to see how is he going to respond when, when you know, you aren't up 35, just 20 the seven, And, you know, he responded the way he said he would. He, he said, I'm just going to keep playing ball. And that's what he did.
0: <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Do you do you ever go back and watch a game that you witnessed from the sideline in the heat of a broadcast? Do you ever say, I need to go back and see that, you know, in another way? Do you ever do that?
1: Uh, no, not really. I mean, we go back and watch the games just to judge our performances to see where we can get better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but not really just to watch as a fan. Um, yeah, I watch other games as a fan, but I don't go back and watch our own games that way.
0: What's it like really
1: to... to critique our performances?
0: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. What's it like to be the most tenured broadcaster on Monday Night Football now?
1: <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> it really is. Um, but the guys are great. I mean, there's more football knowledge in that group than I could ever have. Um, so yeah, I'm the, I'm the one who's been doing Monday night football the longest, but those guys, um, I mean, with, with his, uh, knowledge of the game and his, his, uh, career with the Cowboys, Booger and his championship, you know, with the Colts and Tess has been do- you know, has been doing ball. Tess just lives and breeds ball as well as boxing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You know, those guys, they're, they're just the greatest to work with. It's, it's really it's a pleasure for me to, to go join that team every weekend.
0: That's outstanding work, as always. Lisa, before I let you go, i you know, I'm an NBA guy, too. I, I got to ask you, are, are you back primetime Saturday night with the NBA on ABC? Are, are you going to yeah. fall back on your favorite? Yeah.
1: That, that'll be me once the, uh, once the um, NFL season is over in January when uh, – when uh, the NBA on ABC returns on Christmas Day, I will have had a game uh, with the Raiders on Christmas Eve. That's a Monday, and then Christmas Day, I will have Warriors Lakers uh, courtside. I'll be out in um, in Oakland for that. So it just kind of worked out that way that both games are in uh, in the Bay Area, so that I can do them both. Uh, so look, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I I try not to get too heavily into the nba when i'm doing the nfl uh, my brain capacity isn't that large so <laughs> i focus on what i need to focus on but i've been i've been following the happenings uh in the nba in the preseason and and all the hype and lebron's uh debut at staples center and uh i am looking forward to that i'm, I'm looking forward to being out in la on christmas day for that being warriors lakers christmas day that's a pretty good christmas present
0: yeah, no doubt, and especially, I guess, and maybe I'm assuming here, you played college basketball, Lisa. Is it your love? Is, does the basketball thing come easily to you? Are you more into it? I'm not asking you to pick your favorite here, but I guess maybe I am.
1: No, no no doubt. Uh, I mean, it's what I played uh, all growing up and in college. Um, I was always a, you know, a football fan, uh, but I played basketball, and I still, you know, four or five times a week, before i work out i i play i play play ball um i don't play competitively anymore like the guys at the gym will be like oh they see you can shoot they're like oh hey you know we need one i'm like no i'm not doing that (laughs) so you know that's an achilles waiting to happen for me so i try i avoid all competition but i still uh i shoot four or five times a week just to work up a sweat pre-workout so yeah i i basketball is easy for me um I I mean, I enjoy it. I see the game. I, you know, lived it in college, and uh, I still enjoy it, still enjoy it today.
0: Did the playing experience in college help you in your broadcast career? And and I'm going to be very careful here um, because my wife would get mad at me if I reference anything to do with age or anything else. So I'm going to say experience. Lisa, your experience now is multi-decade, also with a news background. Uh And I'm asking Uh if you're you're playing – helped you as a sports broadcaster, and if that's a necessary ingredient for perhaps a young woman who might be looking to follow in your footsteps?
1: No, I I think uh, it was just something that I did. I mean, me playing basketball had nothing to do with me becoming a sports reporter. Like you said, I started in news, so uh, you know, when I was first approached to make the transition to sports, I thought that was ridiculous. Like, why, you know, I'm a news Journalist, Like, why would I do sports? Sports is something that people do for fun. Uh, I've really never envisioned a career in sports journalism. And um, so one really just didn't have anything to do with the other for me. Uh, you know, people ask me, is there a difference doing sports news and, and hard news? And there, there isn't. Journalism is journalism. The, 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 the tenets are the same about be accurate. Try to be first, but try to be accurate. You have to be accurate and uh, fair and uh, objective, all those things are the same, whether you're covering a, sport, a sports story or
0: a news story. Lisa Salters with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Lisa, I've kept you longer than I probably led people to believe that I would, so I apologize for that, but I will circle back to where we started. One last question, if you don't mind. Um, when you do to get to New Orleans this weekend, if I could only let you have one bite of New Orleans food, what would it be? Boudin. Buddha. Good call. Nicely done. You're going to have a large fan base over in Acadiana for saying that. So nice work on that. So, Lisa, have a safe... I'm
1: trying to figure out how I can get to Jennings. This is the, the um, this Boudin spot over in Jennings. Boudin King. And I was like, I wish they would ship because I, I would have that stuff shipped here to Baltimore all the time. But it, and it's so far, Jennings is like an hour and a half away. Like, I just don't
0: have that time to get to get down there. No. It, uh, but, yeah.
1: yeah, figure out a way for me to get some boot action. All right, I'm going to get on Greg
0: Benson and Doug Miller and all those guys. We'll figure something out. <laughs> you know, that'd be perfect. <laughs> right. Thanks. Lisa, safe travels. Thank you so much. All right, have a good weekend. You too, thanks. Lisa Salters and the Monday Night Football crew hit town on Saturday in preparation for Monday night's football game against the Washington Redskins. No doubt. The bigwigs at ESPN obviously knew to have this game on Monday night as they had projected that perhaps Drew Brees would be in position to break the all-time yardage passing yardage record. Sure enough, I think it is all going to schedule just right for Monday night football. Drew needs, as we mentioned earlier, just 201 yards. So that is Monday night. Between now and then, we've got a little Pelicans basketball. Don't forget the Pelicans and the Knicks play preseason style at 6.30 p.m. on Friday night for Madison Square Garden full coverage on the pelicans radio network and we hope that you'll take that in as well we hope you have a super weekend and that you get all geared up for monday night make sure that you've got your plans all set uh monday night football a little different because obviously there's a work day involved across the city so check your pelicans or excuse me your pelicans app yours new orleans saints app to make sure you're up to date on the traffic situation and any other game day changes with regard to attending the football game otherwise um Eat well and uh, enjoy. I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks again to Lisa Salters today for joining us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll see you next time.